pray. Amen. 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 You know, it's funny because the last song said Jesus, and I, I had in my uh, notes that really Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, and that's what we have to remember, that Jesus is Lord. No matter what we go through, no matter what we face, Jesus is Lord, right? The, 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 you know, the world, the enemy will like us to think that, you know, we're drowning, but we're not drowning. Why? Because Jesus is Lord, and because Jesus is Lord, we have the victory, right? We, we, we have the victory, right? We no longer walk in darkness, right? The unsaved, they can't understand that, right? And we have to be willing to declare that Jesus is Lord, right? I'm waiting for a politician to say Jesus is Lord, right? They'll say, you know, God is good and God is good. God is good, but Jesus is Lord. Jesus reigns supreme. And that's what we have to get down on the inside of us and realize that, right? And we can't be ashamed to say Jesus is Lord. That's only a couple people. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> we can't be ashamed to say that. No matter where we're at. Right? That Jesus is Lord. And we, we can't be ashamed of Him. Because if we're ashamed of Him, then guess what? He's going to be ashamed of us. Right? So we have to be bold enough to declare that Jesus is Lord. And He has to be Lord over our lives. Right? And, and see, a, a, a lot of Christians... He's not Lord over their lives, right? But when he's Lord over our lives, then we are going to freely obey him and do his will, right? And, and uh, you know, I have a couple of co-workers and one comes in and he'll ask uh, another co actually the guy that I, whose church I preached at a few months back, say, oh, Rev, what's the word for the day? Every day he'll ask him that. And you know what he says? Jesus. Jesus. And he says it pretty loud. Jesus. Why? Because he's not ashamed. He's not ashamed. Right? So we can't be ashamed of the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Right? When we say Jesus, that name brings change. Right? Not only to our lives, but it brings change to the atmosphere. And, and that's what we have to remember. Amen. So, you know, uh, Marie prayed that the world, I, I typed it. <laughs> Marie prayed that the world is pulling us in different directions, right? So the world wants us to conform to the world standard of doing things, right? This is why the world, this country will just come up with all sorts of laws and things like that because they want us to conform to evilness, right? And wickedness and things like that. But we have to conform to what? The word of God, right? Regardless of what the world says is legal, we go by what God says. Amen. Right? And the thing about it, Marshall talked about it uh, months back, actually might have been a couple of years back, but about the cancel, cancel culture. Right? They, they, don't, they, they don't want us to talk about Jesus. They don't want us to talk about the word, right? Because they don't want to be reminded of their sin. Right? right? But we still have to say Jesus. We still have to declare the word. We still have to live by the word. Right? Is it, we don't live by the world standard, but we live by the word standard. Amen. Right? So, the other day, and Marie read from Titus. Right? So, Titus is dealing with, in the first chapter, dealing with elders. Right? And y'all heard me say, just because it's dealing with elders, I said it before, it should apply to all believers. It should apply to all believers. Right? So, elders are to be held to a certain standard as we all should. But how will we know what that standard is unless we're taught? Just like in uh, Acts 8, the Ethiopian. He said, how would I know unless someone comes and instructs me? Or the word, right? So this, this is the word. See, it's dangerous to be in a church that doesn't teach the Bible. Because if you're in a church that doesn't teach the Bible, what are you teaching? You're either teaching your opinion or you're teaching the world standard of doing things. And you're trying to conform. I... I Talked about it last week, and I apologize because I can't remember where I left off at last week, but that's okay. It's still going to be the word. <laughs> but, you know, um, last week that we're not to lower ourselves to the standard of the unsaved. Right? We're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. That's 
Right? So we're to be representatives of Jesus Christ here in this world. Amen. Right? Not being representatives of the world, but we're to be representatives of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? So now we were once in darkness when we were lost and unsaved. Right? We had a mind that was filled with darkness. Reprobate mind. Right? But now once we come to the Lord, now our spirits are, are, are born again, right? And now we're walking in the light, right? Because Thessalonians, First Thessalonians tells us that what? We're spirit, soul, and body, right? So now our, our spirits become born again, but our bodies do not. So it's like a leopard, can't change the spots, right? But the battle takes place in our soul. So what are we going to feed? See, believe it or not, it's good to get up in the morning to spend time with the Lord. Right? We know that. Right? To get up, read his word, pray. But a lot of times what we do as believers, that's all we do. We will get up, we'll spend time with the Lord in the morning, and now the rest of the time of the day, we're going about our business. Right? We, 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 we have to be careful of that. I, I was on a phone conference this week and uh, one of the men was describing about certain things that he's been going through uh, well, it's not going through, but dealing with um, in reference to his job. And then somebody asked, another man asked, well, how are you dealing with this spiritually? And he says, well, over the last few weeks, I've just been spending time with the Lord, abiding with him. He said where he may have used to go on social media to bide his time, now he's using that time to spend with Jesus quietly, right? Not that he can't go on social media, but now it's not. Because he said he would spend maybe an hour going on Facebook, scrolling, and then he would come out empty. But now that he's sitting and spending time with Christ, he's full, and he doesn't have a desire for those things. Right? So, I tell my wife all the time, you know, well, not all the time, but I, I, I let her know that I'm not on Facebook a lot. Um, and the thing about it is, there's a spirit behind it because it'll try to draw you back. Oh, uh, you missed this post. You missed that post. Or this person tagged you, and when they didn't tag you. See, that, that should be a clue to us that there's certain things that are not right by that because it wants us to occupy our time. And it's a time waster. Right? So it doesn't matter if it's Facebook. I forget I even have an Instagram. Some people don't send me messages on Instagram. I look, I forget all about it because I don't have the notification. Right? I don't have a desire to go on those things. Again, not that you can't go on those things, but it shouldn't be where we're spending all our time on those things. Because there is none of us, that I, well, I would say, safe to say, the majority of believers don't just go on there, post scriptures, and get right off. <laughs> no matter who we are. Right? We may post some, and then we're going, uh, let's, curiosity. Curiosity, right? And then next thing you know, we, we continue. Why? How do I know? Because I used to be like that, right? I used to be like that. It takes you from one page to another, right? But once you pull away, now you don't have a desire for that. And the only way we can get out of that desire is by spending time in his word, in his presence. We have to want Jesus more than we want the things of this world, right? Not just social media, but even sports. We have to want the Lord more than all those things. See, because the world will want us to conform what we want me to conform to. Alright, watch sports today. Do this, do that. Right? And then I talked about it before, right? Go back, watch the same highlights over and over and over. And time waster. Time waster. Then I come out of it empty. Right? When I could have been spending time with the Lord. Alright, let's turn to. Uh, Ephesians 4. And I forgot I meant to read uh, one of the verses that Marie read. But y'all can turn to Ephesians 4. I'm going to read it from uh, Titus 1 and 13. This witness is true. Wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. So rebuke means to convince, to reprimand. Right? And, and it's again, this is how we're to teach the Bible in the church. All right, Ephesians 4, 17, we there? 
And I think I, I think I read, did I read this last week? Nobody took notes. That's okay. <laughs> no. no, I did? Okay, I thought I did. Okay, I thought I did. All right, well, praise God. Amen. All right. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Verse 18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. So I talked about how as uh, born-again believers, we are new creations, right? We are a new, new man, right? We are, we are brothers and sisters of Christ, so we are now walking in light. So when Paul says that uh, in verse 17, that no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, he's not just talk, he's not talking about the Gentiles as a people group, but he's talking about their behavior, their actions. And th th these are the things that we as Christians should not walk in or, or, or find ourselves practicing. And, right? So, as born-again believers, our minds have to be renewed when we come to the Lord. Right? So now, when we first get saved, everything looks good. Right? Yes, our body's still the same, but our spirit has new life. Right? We're now in the light. But now even the weeds look good. Right? But then what happens? Everybody's a little different. Maybe a few days. Maybe a few weeks. Now our thoughts start going back to what they used to be. And then we start to wonder, well, am I really saved? See, what happens is our minds at that point need to be renewed. This is why we, it's important for any new believer to be in the house of well, all believers to be in the house of God. Because if we're not, now we start to conform to our old ways of doing things. The things that we learned, we talked about it, I think Wednesday, I think I mentioned it, where we've been conditioned all our lives to live one way. To see things one way, but now that we're born again, we have to see things spiritually through the eyes of Christ. Right? So where the world says, hate our neighbor or hate those who do something wrong to us, God tells us to love them, to love our enemies. But the world says, no, nah, despise them. Right? And now the church, depending on who you are, if you're not being taught the word of God, now you may just despise and hate your enemies. And see, we start making an image of Jesus Christ saying we're following him when that's not the image of Christ that's in the word. That's not even the Holy Spirit leading us. That's our own spirit. Our own mind of thinking that's taking us down somewhere where God doesn't want us to go. Why? Because when I read in my Bible, when I read the Gospels, I see Jesus was a humble person. Someone that was loving. Someone that's... God is merciful. If we think about it, when we... God could wipe out the whole world. For we, we don't. He could wipe us out. Right? Because we've all rebelled against God. I was about to say at least one time, but I know it's been more than that. <laughs> we rebel Some of us haven't even cursed God. Gotten so mad, so angry, because something didn't go my way. I sat there and cursed God. But he had mercy. He had mercy. Right? If that had been a man or a woman, <laughs> right? They would have been angry. Right? But God showed his love. Right? He said, look, I sent Jesus to die for a song. Right? He sent Jesus to die for every one of us. Right? So we can recognize that Jesus is Lord. So, in verse 18, it, has, it says here, well, actually, going back up to 17, it talks about the futility of their mind. Futility means devoid, lacking truth. Right? So, how do we get the truth? By the word. Right? This is why it's important for us to have to teach the word in the house of God. For us, when we come together, so now we're not teaching the world's way of doing things. And unfortunately, right, we have a lot of churches that's teaching the world's way of doing things. Right? They're compromising the word in the sake of not trying to offend somebody. And here's the problem with that because John 8.32 says what? 
Um, the truth shall what? Make you free. The truth shall make you free. So how will we know the truth if we don't hear the truth? Right? So that word make actually means to set at liberty from the dominion of sin. See, because as we hear the word, as we read the word, as we go back and we study these scriptures on our own, now our mind is being renewed. So we are no longer walking to how we used to walk. Right? We're not reminded and say, all right, well, this is the way, even though our flesh says, hey, you may want to respond this way, the word should start coming up in us. The word should start coming in our mind. Amen. Right? Because we're to meditate on these things. Philippians 4. Yes. Right? What are we meditating on? We're meditating on things of the world, and then that's going to cause us to respond according to the world standard and to compromise. So, we have to learn when we come to, to the Lord and we walk in the Lord, we have to learn to what? Repent. Right? We have to learn to repent. Repent doesn't mean a 360 turn because you're going to be right back here. <laughs> right? But it means a 180. It means a 180. Right? We were walking one way, but now we're walking back the other way. Because now we were walking away, walking towards the world standard of doing things because that's how we came up. But now we're walking towards God. We're walking towards Jesus. We're conforming to Him. We're conforming to His, His Word. And we can't be ashamed to live for Christ. Let's turn to uh, Matthew 4. Matthew 4. We'll come back to Ephesians. Eventually. <laughs> Matthew 4. Mm. We'll begin at verse 12. I'm going to read the first few verses in the New King James, and I'm going to read verse 17 in the Amplifier. All right, we there? All right. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, the regions of Zebulon and Naphtali that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region, in the shadow of death, light has dawned. Verse 17, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now I'm going to read it from the Amplified, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a new way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, <laughs> we got... Some people that try to elaborate make a difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. But there's not a difference. Right? How, how do I know that? See, we got people that wrote books on this stuff, right? Mark chapter 1, verse 14, 15. You can turn there if you want. Uh, says this. It's the same situation. Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven. Let's look at what Mark says. Now, after John was put in prison... Jesus came to Galilee. So same situation. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So it was, Jewish, it was Jewish custom to not even say the name of God. They honored God that much. Even when they, say, when they would say the name Yahweh, they would take out, they write the name Yahweh, they take out the vowels. But today in the American church, we freely just put it on a t-shirt like it ain't nothing. Right? But we've lost a sense of recognizing that Jesus is Lord. We have to treat him as the king that he is. And we're quick to say, yeah, I am a friend of God. Jesus is my friend. And yes, Jesus did tell his disciples, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. But what did he tell us? What did he ask the disciples before that? Who do you say that I am? The Christ, the Messiah. 
Some believers are not recognizing Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ. We'd rather just be friends with him instead of Lord. And we just treat him any kind of way. Why? Because we've been taught these things in churches. And God has a certain standard. God is holy. Jesus is holy. The Holy Spirit is holy. Hence, the Holy over the Spirit, before the Spirit. Right? These are the things that we have to remember. Right? But now, again, our mind has to be changed. We have to repent. Right? And it's something that we have to do daily because we get bombarded by thoughts. And I talked about thoughts last week where I read about 2 Corinthians 10. But our thoughts have to be changed. Our mind has to be renewed daily because if our mind is not renewed, now our mind will conform to the world. And it's easy for us to get like that because we go to work every day. Right? We go to work every day. We live natural lives in this world. But this is why we have to stay in the Word, stay in His presence. So now our thinking begins to change. Now we don't see people from the eyes of the natural man, but we see people through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1.18. We'll start there. Alright, we there? Amen. Alright. Alright. Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were unthankful, nor, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So again, so as born-again believers, now our hearts are no longer darkened, but we're walking in light. So Paul here is actually talking about those who are lost. But Unfortunately, when we see in the church, we see a lot of self-proclaimed Christians that are walking according to this way, what he's about to describe. Verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So he's talking about them creating things that uh, statues and masks and things like that, that they were worshiping. Right? So... Believers don't do that, right? Let's keep reading. <laughs> uh, what was that? All right, verse 24, thank you. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who estranged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So let's stop right there. So worship the creature rather than the creator. So again, a few verses up, he's talking about statues and masks and things like that that they worship. Well, worshiping the creature is also worshiping man. Right? So when we worship these pastors or these television evangelists, that's worshiping the creature. We don't worship man, but we worship God. And see, how do we worship man? Because Oh, I want to be like them. I want to be able to teach like them. How about just being who Jesus Christ calls you to be? A servant for him. All right, a servant for him. Or, I want my church to be like that church. All right? I, 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 want, I want all these people in the seat, so I'm not going to give the truth. Even though John 8.32 says, the truth shall make you free. We'll make you free. Right, but we, we we have to understand we have to stop trying to covet what other people have. Because that is a form of idolatry. That is us worshiping the creature rather than the creator. Amen. 
and we don't even realize it. Why? Because it is so commonplace in the American church. Right? Oh, I want to be on TBN. <laughs> I want to be on Daystar, the Word Network, because I want to be just like them. Again, let's be like Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, I wasn't even going there. Uh, keep your finger there. We'll come back there if you can. Or stick a pen there. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think I want Matthew 10, I think. Just bear with me because I'm not sure. Yep, Matthew 10. Verse 24. Okay. Matthew 10, 24 and 25. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Watch this, verse 25. It is enough. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher. But see, in the American culture today, it's not enough for us to be like Jesus. That's what we should strive for, to be like Jesus. But no, I want to be like the apostle. I want to be like the prophet. I want to be like Paul. Paul said, Paul talked about Jesus. Now, he did say, follow me as I follow Christ. Right? But we're, we're to follow Jesus Christ. We got too many people seeking after the wrong things instead of just being a disciple, following the teacher, which is Christ. Let's keep going. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. All right, so let's go back to Romans 1. We got to learn to be like Jesus. We're seeking after the wrong things. We're seeking after education and all these things. Instead of just being like Jesus. And I, 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 There's nothing wrong with education. There's nothing wrong with improving our knowledge. But it's like I said before, Bible college is going to teach you about God, but not teach you Him. See, and a lot of these Bible colleges is no good. See, we criticize seminary for you for all these years. I talked about this before. And most of the time, it's the non-denominational people that criticize seminary because they want to start their own Bible college, teach their own doctrine, not realizing you got to be in faith to go to seminary because you're going to learn some things and it's going to make you pull your hair out and say, why do I have to learn this? Why? Because we're going to come across certain people that have been brought up in certain religions and things like that that we're going to have to be able to expound the scriptures to. You're not going to get that in the most traditional Bible colleges. Why? Because truth be told, Bible colleges just have the money. Because they're no different. Right? They, they go through the same accreditation as any other university. Some of them. Some of them not worth paper. <laughs> Because there's no accreditation behind it. <laughs> they formulate that. Let me stop. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, where was I at? Uh, okay, y'all not helping me. <laughs> All, right. All right, we'll go back to verse 24. <laughs> Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So again, I talked about how this is idolatry. Idolatry. Alright? Uh, verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use of what is against nature. Right? So now, the world, this country would tell us Hey, it's okay to have a same-sex marriage. Right? But what does the scriptures tell us? No. Right? So now, what, what is, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, 26. Vow means to dishonor, to disgrace. Why? Because God didn't create us for that way. And, it, and it's, a, it's a shame 
When people say, oh, I was born that way. Oh, I was born this way. No. God didn't, God didn't make you gay. That goes against his natural order. What did he tell Jeremiah? I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So, the thing, I'm not talking, we got Christians saying that. That goes against scripture. Now, we love them. They're more than welcome to come here. We, we love them. Right? But we got to give them the truth. Just like anybody else. Right? Because there's no difference whether or not they're homosexual or doing something else. Right? But we give them the truth. And it's going to be one of two things. They're either going to change or they're going to leave. Right? And it's just like that with anybody else bound in sin. They're either going to change or they're going to leave. Right? And then we'll say, hey, come to Jesus. He'll change you. No, we, we, we have a part to play. We have a part to play. We play a part in the renewing of our mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. I'll just read it. We're all familiar with these passages. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we have to renew our mind. That's not God's responsibility. That's ours. He, he's, he's done what he's going to do when he's given us the word. He's given us his Holy Spirit. But now we have to take the time to spend time with him to renew our mind. Because if we don't, now we're going to conform to the world. We're going to start thinking like the world. And then guess what? Was it? Is, I think it's in Colossians. I think where now our conscience starts to become seared. The things that used to bother us. Because now we're starting to see commercials with certain things on it. Why? Because it doesn't, it shouldn't bother us. But now we see it so often, the world said it's okay, now it no longer bothers us like it used to bother us. Because that's the plan of the enemy. He's the prince of the power of the air. Right? So they want to criticize us just for speaking the truth. And like I said, it's going to get worse because in this country, it will be considered hate speech at some point. Right? It's not there yet. But it's, exactly. It's getting there. Exactly. Thank you. It's getting there. Because they don't want us to preach the Bible. They want us to preach our opinions. They want us to conform to the world's way of doing things. Or they want us to speak our own revelation. Because <laughs> I talked about that before. We got pastors and all these prophets that are preaching revelation, but they're not giving any scripture. All right, let's keep going. 27. Likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lusts. For one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty for the error which was due. So what's the penalty for the error? Disease. Right? Because it's not natural. That's, that's out of God's order. Right? So even if it's not a disease, guess what it is? It's rebellion and it leaves them empty, unhappy on the inside. Right? Let's face it. A lot of times we may see them, they're unhappy. Right? It's like I said, they weren't born that way, but most of the time, something happened. Something happened in their past that got them that way. Right? But again, Jesus came to set the captives free. Right? Now, we're talking about homosexuality. And see, we use the word gay, right? That word means happy. And it would give the impression, oh, they're happy in their lifestyle. But truly they're not. Because we, we can't be happy bound in sin. Something that goes against God's order. And it's not just that again. I'm saying that because it's, we're in scriptures on that, right? But it's being drunkenness, it's being in fornication, adultery, all those things. 28. 
And, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. So what is a debased mind? It is a reprobate, a rejected mind. See, again, their mind, see, if we're, if we're Christians and we start deviating from the things of God, guess what? Our thoughts start to change. I'll be, if our thoughts change, now our behavior begins to change. Behavior changes, now we're out of character. We're not in the character of Christ. So we can no longer say we're ambassadors for him. Now, I'm not talking about, now again, we're not going to be perfect. I'm not talking about, oh, if you slip up or whatever. That, no, confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I'm talking about when we practice it. See, these are the things that the Corinthians church was having issues with. And then, you know, we have people say, well, he says, brother, yeah, he's saying brother, but he also talked about if you practice these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So these things should not be named among us as believers. Right. So we should not compromise and say, oh, it's OK. Right. I, I, well, some of y'all weren't here, but I talked about it back when we were meeting at the house, how I had to work patrol and then. For those that may remember that I came across a church and it was a young lady that drank, uh, she probably was about 17, 18, drank sanit hand sanitizer because she wanted the alcohol fix. Right. And, and what hurt me in that is that when I get there, I'm just listening to them make excuses for her and to her. Because she's never going to change. They didn't give her the truth. All they did say. They, they told Jesus loves you. But there was something that was driving her to that. So how would she know to be set free? When, you, when all you're doing is actually just consoling her. And not teaching her. And really listening to her talk. She just wanted attention. Oh, tell pastor so-and-so to come visit me. That's, that's exactly what she said. Right, but this is, it was a big church. They, they, they meet in it. I'm pretty sure it's an expensive place that they're paying for. Right? Somebody's phoning them. But yet, the truth is not being taught there. And you got people flocking there all the time. But yet, I guarantee you, they're conforming to the world's way of doing things. They're teaching things, I guarantee you, they're teaching things from behind the pulpit. That is the world's way of doing things. And it's not the word of Christ. Because the thing is, she should, and the thing about it is, there was a security guard there, and I think I talked about it last time, that says, not a member of the church, but working security because of the facility they were having at, said, she does this almost every weekend. That ought not to be amongst believers. That, 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 there has to be change in that. That, that. Again, there has to be a new mindset because we're, 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 we're supposed to shine Christ's light. Right? We're, we're supposed to shine His... She's bound in darkness. And no, nobody's sharing the light of Christ with her, but yet she thinks she's born again. And that's, that's the unfortunate part. And I know that's hard to, to hear and understand. Well, no. that that Because she, she's practicing things that Christ... That's like... that. That's her being an alcoholic. That's her being like a drug addict. And, and the thing about it, where's the fear of God when you do it in the house of God? But we look the other way. It's okay. It's not okay, folks. It's not okay. I'm not talking about people who are in the world. I'm talking about people who are in churches every week. You know, there was a poll, I think in 2022, that only 10% of Christians, and you know, it's plus or minus when it comes to poll, only 10% of Christians read their Bible every day. 34% read it once a week. So, 
let's just take those that read it once a week. How are their minds being renewed? What, is their mind, what are they filling themselves up with if you only read your Bible once a week? And believe it or not, here's, here's the thing. The people who watch online churches were actually had a higher percentage of reading their Bible than those that went to church. I wonder why that is. All right, uh, let's finish this up. Uh, where was I? 29. Yep, I read 28. Thank you. Verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers. All right, so let's break some of these words down real quick. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness means wickedness. Wrong. Right? Uh, sexual immorality, wickedness, means evil desires, plotting. These things ought not to be in us as believers. Right? We know covetousness, maliciousness. Maliciousness means a desire to injure. Right? So when we sit up here and we hear professing believers say, no, get back, don't do it, or, or strike our enemies or whatever. That ought not to be. That's not God's way of doing things. Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers. So what's a whisperer? A whisperer is a secret slanderer. <laughs> right? We got quite a bit of those in the church. <laughs> right? Well, not just take, I'm talking about pastors. We'll sit up here and, and talk about other people in the church and, and lie on them. That, that, that's, that's formal gossiping. Hey, Phil, let me tell you about brother so-and-so. Right. Or somebody leaving to go to another ministry or start their own church. Hey, let me tell you about that. That ought not to be. You know what that is? That is sowing showing discord among the brethren. Let's go to uh, Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. 16 through 19. These things the Lord hates. These things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Verse 17. Now, the, the, the scary part is these things actually go on in churches amongst believers. And it says here that the Lord hates them. And the seventh is an abomination to them. So let's read them. Verse 17. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift and running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies, and watch this one, number seven, and one who sows, who sows discord among the brethren. A secret slanderer. That's an abomination to the Lord. Why? Because it causes division. That's, a, that's the character of the devil. That's not a character of Christ. So that shouldn't be named among us. But how will we know unless we're taught? But if we're taught Blessing, blessing, blessing. Tickle my ears. Then we're not getting the word. And then we'll be, our mindset will be, okay, it's okay to secretly slander another brother and sister in Christ. We don't not to be. All right, let's go back to verse, Romans, sorry. Romans 1. Let me read this quick. So I talked about whisperers, which is secret slanders. Verse 30 says backbiters. Those are not the secret slanders. Those are the, the, the ones that are open. <laughs> Haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Right? I talked about how we as believers should show mercy. 
Regardless of what the world says, we follow Christ's standard. 32. Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice, there again, those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. These things ought not to be. They ought not to be. I'll, I'll stop right there. But we, we, we have to stay in the Word. We have to get in the Word every day. We have to pray. We have to spend time with the Lord each and every day. Because it is a battle. You heard me say this before. It is a battle. Because if we don't, now we start conforming to the things. Now, it's not to say that you may miss a day or two here and there. Right? But we have to have consistency in this. And really, when we place it in, a, in a, when we look at it in natural, championship teams have consistency. They're practicing a certain way. Why? Because there's a standard that they have. We have a standard, which is the Bible. And that's the standard we have to go by. Because if we're not going by that standard, that means we're going by the world standard. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stop right there. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father God, we just once again just thank you for the guidance of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for your word, your instructions to us, oh Heavenly Father God. So I'm praying, Lord God, that for anybody that does not, uh, is not in your word on a consistent basis, Lord God, that you would just tug on their hearts, oh Heavenly Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. I'm praying even now, Father God, that we will not give in to the weakness of our flesh, O oh Heavenly Father God, but that, Lord God, that we, we would walk and live by your standard, O oh Heavenly Father God. Lord God, help us to turn away from the things that are not of you, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to obey you in, in every area of our lives, O oh Heavenly Father God. And Lord God, when we're, Lord God, if we're very whether to the left or the right, I ask, Lord God, that you pray, that, that you would steer each and every one of us back according to your narrow way, O oh Heavenly Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, not to take your instructions for granted, Lord God. Help us to not take your word for granted, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, not to be secret slanderers, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, even the things that we read, oh, Heavenly Father God, I'm praying even now, Lord God, that none of us will practice these things, Lord God. And if we do have an issue, I pray right now, Father God, for them to ask for forgiveness, Lord God. Lord God, I'm praying for healing and deliverance, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying even now for the body of Christ as a whole, Lord Heavenly Father God. Lord God, that we will not just be walking blindly, Father God. But, Lord God, that we will walk in the light, Lord God. The light of your word, O oh Heavenly Father God. So I'm praying even now that your Holy Spirit will begin to speak to every believer out there, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father God. If they're somewhere, Father God, if they are somewhere, Lord God, where they are not preaching or teaching your word, O oh Heavenly Father God. I'm asking you, Lord God, to tug on their hearts, Lord God. Lord God, yes, Lord, prick their hearts, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, let them, Lord God, confront even the pastor, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, to begin to teach and preach your truth, Lord God. Lord God, there's more than enough people in the world on their way to hell, Lord God. It shouldn't be where the body of Christ is walking in darkness, Lord God, where we got people going into hell themselves thinking, Lord God, they're saved and born again, Lord God. But yet they are practicing these things, Lord God. These things are not to be. Lord God, even as you guided Paul in his writing to the uh, Corinthians, Lord God, that even they were doing things that the unsaved were not even doing, Lord God. And even Israel did some things, Lord God, that, that the, the, the other people groups, Father God, looked in and wondering what were they doing. How could they do that to a God? that delivered them, Lord God, from bondage and captivity, Lord God. So I'm praying, Lord God, that we would not even take the name of Jesus for granted, Lord God. 
Help us, Lord God, to recognize, Lord, that Jesus, your only begotten Son, is Lord. And help us to make him Lord over our lives, O Heavenly Father God. In every area, Father God. Even, even the things, Lord God, we may not be aware of, Lord God. Open up our hearts and our minds, O Heavenly Father God. That we can just be like Christ, Lord God. Be a servant of Christ, Lord God. That we could be Jesus Christ lookalikes, O Heavenly Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. So I just thank you, Lord God. And I just pray, Father God, for each and every one of us, Lord, that you would just strengthen our bodies, Lord God. If there's any ailments, Lord God, that any of us are dealing with, I'm asking you, Lord God, to touch us even now, Father God, including me, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, for being the Lord that healeth us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, for when we need healing, all we got to do is cry out to you, Lord God. And we just thank you, Lord God, for touching our bodies, Lord God, touching our hearts, touching our minds, Lord God, and redeeming our souls, O Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for the fruit of the Spirit, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for your holiness that dwells on the inside of us, O Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. So help us to not walk in fear, Father God, of what the news of the world may say and speak, Lord God, for you are in control, and Jesus is Lord. So we just thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father God. We just exalt you and we praise you even now, Father God. In Jesus' holy and mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. 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 Amen.